Hello everyone, I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week we talk to Brooklyn-based queer punk artist Evie Echoes. While she is a fan of skating, she prefers to casually stroll to her favorite creep spots instead of doing kickflips and breaking her bones. She uses her music as a vessel to express her emotions through art in a healthy and therapeutic way. Her recent release, Self Care, is a highly collaborative EP that sisters her prior EP, Self Diagnosis, focusing on her metamorphosis throughout the past year. She's currently working on an album, The Cons of Being a Wallflower, which we hope to hear sometime next year. Without further ado, I Feel Okay Today by Evie Echoes. I went to therapy today, and we had a great talk. The sun shines and it's autumn season Got my emotional support and I'm on Last week I wanted to die To jump in front of train I couldn't see a future But things are looking up today My cheekbones look full And I love my smile my freshly shaven face is nice and soft And I'm usually a downer I'll let that go someday But until that nirvana I feel okay today So sure, the apocalypse is nigh And sure, the internet Abortion's made illegal in a dozen fucking states Oh sure, I wanna burn it down Yeah sure, I wanna fight the system Wanna make a better world Sometimes I just need a break from not revolution My cheekbones look full And I love my smile My freshly shaven face is nice and soft Evie Echoes, thank you so much for being on with us today. First thing that we wanted to ask you about was skating. And there are so many different kinds of skating, so tell us which one of them is the one that you do. Yeah, um, so I'm not exactly talented enough to do, like, real skating with, like, tricks and all that. 
uh, like for one summer, I kind of pulled off an ollie. I was very proud of myself. Um, and that was kind of the extent of my ability to skate. So, um, I do longboard though, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so that's kind of my, that's my hobby. I, I longboard. I have some pretty gnarly scars from longboarding because I was a reckless youngin. (laughs) Yeah. As it goes. As it does. Any kind of skating seems difficult. And I know I say that I say this all the time, but like just being able to like longboard and just stand straight up on the board is very impressive to me. So good for you for being able to to have good balance. I mean, honestly, the thing is, is you just have to like keep your knees bent and keep your center of gravity like low. And like, honestly, it just flows so much easier um, I'm actually teaching a friend of mine to skate right now. He's getting the hang of it really quickly, which is cool. Um, but yeah, the, the, I think the main thing is just like, don't freak out. <laughs> Cause like, there's this like, there's this instant like moment where it's like, you get like that, like panic, you get like that, like tightness in your stomach. You're like, Oh God, I'm going to fall. I'm going to die. And you're like, no, you're good. Just like breathe through that panic. And you're like solid. Just don't go down like steep hills, because that's what I did. And uh, I shredded up my left arm. I got a nasty scar on it. (laughs) You see, Sid? Easy. Just do all of those things. (laughs) Don't panic, and I'll be fine. Don't panic. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about, like, uh, for you, what the difference is between, like, normal skateboarding and longboarding. Because, like, I have absolutely no idea, really. Yeah. Um, I mean... So normal skating, there's, like, an art to it, you know? You have to, like, really work at getting your feet to do these ungodly things, to flip the board in all these ungodly ways. Um, And there are people who have, like, taken longboarding to, like, a completely different level. They're, like, doing these, like, dances and, like, flips and handstands. I'm just, like, I'm just going to skate to the supermarket. Uh, (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm I'm not trying to get too out there. Um... But yeah, normal normal skating, like skateboarding, like Tony Hawk era stuff, is still very uh, popular. And there's people with like incredible skill levels who do things I could never even dream of. Uh, my cousin's actually a filmer for um, like actual skating. She does a lot of um, like skate sessions and stuff. It's just it's really cool to see the stuff that she films, the stuff that she can even do. And I'm just like. My feet won't do that. I I twist my ankle just walking. So <laughs> yeah, I definitely take the easy way out when it comes to skating. Just like your typical longboard, cruising around the city is nice. Yeah. I like the use of Tony Hawk era stuff to describe <laughs> what skateboarding is. How else would you describe skateboarding, Alex, other than Tony Hawk? Be honest. Well, well, now hold on a minute. Tony Hawk is not skateboarding. Then what is he? Tony Hawk is a skateboarder. All right. But I feel like to say all of skateboarding is Tony Hawk era. All right. Well, I guess that was just just for a little pinpoint. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, unless we're talking about Tony Hawk, the, you know, brilliant architect in North Korea. I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, no way. That's crazy. <laughs> so, 
Sydney was, if you would have kept going for <laughs> a little bit. It's always wrong with the bit. If Twitter's taught me anything, it's always stick with the Gotta bit. Gotta commit to the <laughs> bit. Gotta commit to the bit. <laughs> commit to the bit. Look at that tattooed on my arm. So you said one of the other things that you enjoy doing is like trying new food. And two of the things that uh, you said stand out are crepes and mm-hmm. coffee, which do feel like they go together. Quite. They do. They right. Give us, give us uh, why those two are the, the specifics. Why, why'd you get into them? And yeah, the ideal um, order that you would get. The, uh, the ideal order. Uh, ooh. Mm. Well, there, so I'm from, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from New York. So actually in New Yorkies is coffee. So you got to like really get the cough in there, get the COVID-19, like that nice round. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I usually get coffee and crepes. Uh, there's a spot um, in Williamsburg that I really love. Shout out Hi Hello Crepes. It's a small, like small business uh, in Williamsburg. I just kind of happened to stumble upon it one day with some friends and I just, I fucking love it. It's so good. Um, I, so I'm I'm a big fan of chocolate, and so my my go-to is like a light and sweet coffee with a Nutella crepe, and that's like perfect. That's that's it, right? That's that's my vibe. Uh, super dope. I love that spot actually. Um, it, there's there's like a cool little uh, back area with like all these like art things, like a little gazebo. I guess if that's the word to use and uh you know if you're not if you can mind the mosquitoes it's it's a pretty dope spot to just chill and hang and have a coffee and yeah I like it a lot <laughs> that's like my that's like my new thing that I've discovered I'm like ooh let me take all my friends here I love this spot yeah super dope little spot uh, in Williamsburg now I know I know like a lot of places that do crepes and stuff like do them <laughs> all over the place and I've seen those ones that they're kind of like the waffle crepes and stuff mm. and I'll like make them into cones and ice cream and shit like that. Is that something that you're into or are you like classic crepe and that's it? I, I didn't even know that was a thing. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I used to make waffle cones. That's probably the, the closest I can get to like a waffle crepe. I worked in an ice cream shop a couple like a summer ago. Uh, best best experience of my life i i closed every day so seven to one in the morning i was i was taking the graveyard shift um and i loved it because it got me out of the house and i just got to like be cool and like come home at like two in the morning and be like yeah i'm a rebel and it's like no i was just making ice cream for rich people like nonstop. <laughs> fucking chocolate like all the way up to my like shoulders like just like arm deep in the thing just going as these like hard ice cream flavors like every oh my god it was always like in the busy days right that people would just be like hey can i get the hardest flavor you guys have and i'm just like well, why do you want to make me suffer the vegan chocolate that's just the hardest because the vegan the, the chocolate is hard and the chocolate with added stuff in it is hard and then when it's vegan, it's not like your typical like addition, so it doesn't scoop like normal ice cream. It flakes, and so imagine like you've got customers out the door and down the block. No exaggeration, that's legit. And you're just like scooping at this like stupid ass vegan flavor. Just does not want to. 
fucking stay in a ball. <laughs> trying to get, like, a nice ball to impress my boss, and it's just like, no. <laughs> I, had to, I had to gain the respect of the vegan chocolate fudge brownie. Uh, it, just, it just was not nice to me. It hated me. <laughs> like, I've had customers it's who are, like, mining than, like, scooping ice cream. <laughs> like, it flakes off. It doesn't hold any shape. It's hard as shit. <laughs> Hammering no. into it. <laughs> you just you just go in. You need like an ice pick and just like, <laughs> don't scoop, like don't order time. vegan chocolate ice cream. I will fucking fight you. <laughs> yeah, for future reference and for like the safety and well being of people who work in ice cream shops, I will do don't do keep it. that in mind. Yeah, that'll, that'll be considered. <laughs> Unless they're rude to you, then if you really want to fuck up there, just be like, hey, can I get a double? <laughs> it's like no, you cannot. <laughs> Next. So outside of like crepes and coffee, is mm-hmm. there any other foods that you're particularly interested? Do you know any other spots for anything that you're like really big on? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like I said, everything I know is, is New York because I've, I've been born and raised here my whole life. Um, there is a really dope spot um, over by 59th Street, Columbus Circle. Um, there's an underground shop where they have like a, like, like a kind of like a small mall in the subway station so you don't leave to go up up above ground you actually stay in the station and they've got like tons of cool stuff they have like a chicken and waffles place which is fantastic they have a ramen spot that i adore so when i was doing my undergrad my friends and i used to hang there all the time and that was just like a super dope spot like the food is like kind of pricey like here in manhattan it's expected but the the portions are really good and the, the food is really good quality so, you know, if you're ever looking for, like, good Subway food, um, that's that's always a, a vibe. I really like that spot. Um, I really like ramen spots are great. Um, in the West Village, there's this place called Milk, where they make ice cream with cereal milk. And it's amazing. And it tastes fantastic. So... Those are some great spots to, to grab food, honestly. <laughs> if you're ever I in feel the like city, I've seen them on TikTok. Spot. Oh, have they been on TikTok? I feel like I've seen that. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, who thought of this? Yeah. But it's such a good idea. <laughs> and it's good. When you it's say so cereal good. milk. Like you put when you say cereal milk. Do you mean like you like let Cocoa Puffs sit in a bowl mm-hmm. for an hour and huh? And then you well, make ice cream out of that. It's like, it's well, actually like the, sweeter the, milk. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly what I mean. Like actual cereal milk. It's cool. <laughs> Pretty sick. So when, yeah. whenever we come to New when York, we, <laughs> we're going to yeah. uh, hit you up for all your recommendations. Oh, yeah. We'll go get food. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. We can get food. I'll invite you to a punk show. We'll have a good time. Yeah. We do. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so... Tell us a little bit then. Um, you said you're going to take us to a punk show. Tell us about the scene you're in and the music you make and all the good stuff that we're here for. All right. How much time you got? <laughs> so <laughs> um, my name is Evie Echoes. I am a queer punk musician based in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I recently started playing live shows. And by recently, I mean within the last year. Um, but I have built up quite an audience which shocks the fucking pants off of me half the time 
Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm a solo project. Uh, EV Echoes is a solo project. This is my music. I write and record everything. Uh, live, I usually have a live band with me. So that's uh, one of my best friends, uh, John. His stage name is Angel Vives. got Emma, whose stage name is Emma Taylor. And then we got Nick, who I don't think he has a stage name. He's just Nick on drums, and he's a fucking badass. Um, I write songs that just kind of talk about what I'm feeling and, you know, talk about my life through as honest of a lens as I feel like I can do through music. Um, I, I frequently say that music for me is more than art, it's survival. And I truly do mean that because um, I've been through a lot of shit as a queer person, as a queer person of color, and growing up and living in an environment that is not always the most supportive. So I use music to heal. And um, I'm also studying mental health. So there is kind of that aspect of it where it's like using music as like a creative therapy for myself and for other people. Um, so that's a lot of like the work that I do. Um, I just put out an EP called Self Care, which is a kind of like a sister EP to my earlier release, Self Diagnosis. And <laughs> self care is so fucking fun. There's so many cool people I got to work with on that. That was exciting as hell. Um, I've made a lot of friends through Twitter. So, oh, you know, before Twitter died, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pour one out for Twitter, man. But, um, yeah, I made a lot of friends through Twitter. There's a huge DIY scene on Twitter, like DIY musicians who make incredible stuff just in their bedrooms, on their laptops. And I'm just like, how do you do this? It's, it's, it, it breaks my, my brain to think of that. I don't know how people do it. But, um, yeah, so I've, I've worked with a lot of people. I've met a lot of really cool people through DIY Music Twitter. Uh, some of them live near me, which is how we were able to collab. So, yeah, shout out my boy, Bergie. Um, he does really sick folk punk. We've jammed a few times. We've done a few songs together. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, but music, music, music is, music is, music is collaborative, I think. Um, I think, you know, everyone can kind of bring their own story to art. And so when you get to work with people whose work you admire and work with people who you just feel like your styles work really well together. It's like something really incredible can come from that. So let's dive a little bit deeper into self-care. That was your yeah. most recent release. Um, yes. You were collaborated on each of those tracks. Tell us a little bit about each track, who you collaborated with and how those songs came to be. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So off grid is the first one on self-care. Um, off grid was just a song kind of about wanting to get away from it all. Um, just kind of feeling trapped by their community, trapped by your surroundings, and just being like, I want to just disappear, like go to a new country, start a new life, and cut everyone off from my old life and just be a whole new person, you know? It's like, how liberating would that be? You know, that's kind of where that came from. Um, so I was hanging out with my friend, Bergie, I was mentioning earlier. Um, we were just jamming one day, and I played the song for him, and he's like, can I hop on that track? And I was just like, sure. <laughs> um, so he actually initiated that conversation. And I was like, let's do it. Uh, we just kind of, I just kind of played it. He chimed in occasionally and I was like, yeah, let's do this. So I recorded it, sent it to him. And then he sent back all these like layers, like 
the vocal layers, the mandolin, the, the, I don't even remember. He just put so many cool, like, extra bits on this. I was like, wow, this is so much cooler than I thought this song would be. Um, so that happened. Um, Dear Doll is kind of alluding to trans Twitter. Um, again, there was, there was a really big community of trans people on Twitter, and being kind of newer to my transition, not necessarily new, because I guess technically I've been transitioning for over two years, but medically I'm still very new to it, so I'm about like six months in now. Um, so it's really hard to kind of be on the internet and compare yourself to people who just look or just sound kind of where you want to be. And I mean, I guess that's kind of a universal thing, feeling jealous of other people. Um, I guess for me, there's kind of that added pressure of like, they had an easier time at the beginning of their transitioning. So they can get fat, they can get to where they want to be faster with less hurdles, you know? Um, and that was just kind of like lamenting of just like, damn, like I want to be where they're at and kind of writing a love letter, I guess, to like the really big accounts and being like, you know, I wish I could be you and I wish that I could be where you are. And I wish I didn't have to deal with a lot of the, the struggles that I'm dealing with right now, because I know that I can get to where you are if my life were easier right now. Um, but that was kind of dear doll. And then tape girl jumped on that by accident because she did the, um, she did the mix and master for the entire thing, which I am so happy for. And I feel bad because I know she was super stressed doing it. I was like, Hey, I'm sorry. Cause we had agreed to kind of put it together over the summer. And then it took me a long time to finish all the songs. So I sent it to her like months after and she was like, okay, I'll do it, but it's really not a great time for me. And I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, but as we were working on it, because we worked on the Mix and Master for about a month, it took a long time to get all the tracks where they are. Um, she's like, hey, I really, really think you should put some bass on Dear Doll. And I'm like, I'm playing it, I'm playing along to it, and I'm just like, everything I'm coming up with just sounds like shit. And I'm like, I can't release this. I, this I, I'm not, I really hate how this sounds. So she was like, all right. I'll throw it on a bass line and see what we can do. So she did. I was floored by it. And so I just gave her credit on the track because I was like, she did the bass. So, you know, I gave her credit for it. Um, that was Dear Doll. Um, the vocal harmonies at the end were like ripped directly from this artist, uh, K-Moy, who um, had like a punk track, punk ska album thing. And um, did these like really insane like vocal layers throughout the whole album. I was like, dude, I want to do something like that. So I did that. The last track is actually a fun story. So I collaborated with She, Her, Hers, which still blows my fucking mind to think about. Um, I discovered her music about two years ago. Um, I was really looking for a presentation. I found a lot of trans punk artists. Uh, really got into Laura Jane Grace and Against Me really got into She or Hers, We Are the Union, uh, Jair. I was looking for a lot of representation. I found a lot of representation. Um, and so I had just kind of, so I got inebriated at a friend's one day 
And I was like, you know what would be nuts? Let me tweet at she, her, hers, this actual famous artist, and say, let's collab. <laughs> and my friend's like, do it. What do you have to lose? So I did. And she said, cool. I like your song back in the closet. And I was like, what? <laughs> so what the fuck? So that was a year ago. We followed each other. And um, when I finished the song, I feel okay today. I was like, you know whose vocals would be so sick on this? So I tweeted at her again. I was like, hey, I have a song that can use some vocals. Do you want to jump on vocals? She was like, yes. And I'm like, fuck. So <laughs> she gave me her email. We went back and forth, did the vocals. And she's like, can I throw some piano on it? I'm like, let's definitely do some piano on it because I don't play piano. Um, and then um, we kind of decided on a joint guitar solo. So if you listen, the two guitar parts are panned differently. So the first part of the guitar track is me. That's my guitar on the left side. And the second part is her guitar track. And then we blend the vocals for like different parts of the song. Um, and I think our vocals mesh really well, which is so cool. Because I was like, wow, I, I never thought this collaboration would have happened. You know, this was just like a stupid idea I had one day. And I was like, let's just see if she's actually down for it. And she was. So it was it was a really cool kind of like moment of just like when she sent me her second verse because she tweaked my second verse so when she sent me her second verse I was just like I was stunned like I listened to it religiously for about a week and I was just like this is insane like hearing an artist that you truly admire sing something that you wrote is such a surreal fucking experience it's just like this is actually happening right now you know um, and I'm so humbled and so grateful that all these people were willing to help me with my project and put some silly little songs together with me. Um, but it's, it was really cool. It was a really cool moment. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud of that EP, really proud of how it came out. And just like grateful for all the press that it's gotten because people are really like running up my numbers. And I'm like, that, that's never happened before. <laughs> like, I think I have like 170 something monthly listeners on Spotify. That's never happened. <laughs> I barely broke 100 recently with Little Libra. So like, all of this is just like, overwhelming in the best way possible, you know. Um, but yeah, really cool stuff and really exciting. And I'm really grateful. <laughs> so yeah, that's self care in a nutshell. Oh, shit, actually, the album art, a friend of mine did and she's super talented, so um, I was like, hey, I'm, like, really broke right now. I can't pay you. I'm sorry. Um, would you be down to do an album cover for me? She was like, yeah, I'll do an album cover, and she just sent me that, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> How are you so talented? So self-care is truly, like, such a collaborative effort, and I'm so glad that I was welcoming to all the collaborations on it because I think everyone's contributions – just pushed it to a limit that I could never have really thought it was going to hit anyway, you know? So that's self-care in a nutshell. So you talked, you talked about that and like this collaboration. And I think that you said that earlier, like collaboration is a big part of music for you. Mm -hmm. um, and you got to work with she, her, hers. Is there anyone else that you look at and are like, I want to work with that person on some music? Absolutely. <laughs> 
I want to work with We Are the Union so bad. I want to work with Laura Jane Grace, and that might actually happen. So, like, I'm, like, fingers crossed, because I know she's got a studio in St. Louis, so, like, if I can make it to St. Louis and, like, maybe the stars align properly, that might work. That might happen. We might we might do something. Or at the very least, we might just hang out and have a coffee. I'm cool with either one. Um, <laughs> uh, so those two for sure. I really, you know, I really would love to feature on an Interrupters track. I don't think that's possible, but it would be cool. Um, Peach Rings, I, her music is sick. I want to work with her on something. It sucks because Twitter fell apart because she just followed me back. And I was like, dang, because I've been like such a big fan of her stuff for a bit, too. So I'd love to work with Peach Rings. That would be cool. Um, Hans Gruber and the Diehards and 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 Bumsy and the Moochers. Like those are two like really cool ska bands that I dig so hard. And I would love to work with them on something. Um, yeah, that's what I got right now. Top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> now. Twitter, Twitter is dying. It's getting there, but that doesn't—that doesn't mean in the last moments you can't send some stuff out. Listen, you got she, her, hers that way, right? You know, and that was yeah. someone you didn't think you'd be working with. Yeah, honestly, I'll just—I'll just like spam people, like, yo, before this popcorn goes down, I want to work together. <laughs> you never know; it could work. Maybe, maybe I'll try it. I'm like known for shit posting, so that that might work. <laughs> perfect that's what twitter's known for as a whole anyway yeah yeah you know it's like it started off as a very serious fan account for 21 pilots because i'm a 21 pilot stan um then it became an actual legitimist artist account and then i was just like some shit posting peeks through here and there and now it's just kind of like it might be music or it might just be telling you a random shower thought <laughs> and that's you know? what twitter's for <laughs> there you go <laughs> and that's twitter <laughs> So you talked a little bit earlier about how self-care is the sister EP to self-diagnosis. Um, was that the intention when you were writing self-care? Did you have this idea as you were writing self-diagnosis? How did that come to be and how did that, uh, yeah. was that the original plan? No, um, I wrote self-diagnosis during quarantine because I was really stressed out. Um, and those three songs were just songs that I wrote and songs I kept gravitating towards, so I decided to record them. Um, self-care was just, like, over the summer, I was in Florida for a bit, I had nothing to do, and I had a bunch of song ideas, but no guitar. So I went to Guitar Center and I bought, <laughs> I bought an entirely new acoustic guitar just to fiddle with, um... And so those songs kind of came just like that. Off Grid I already had in my notes app for a while, and I finished it. Dear Doll was written as soon as I got that guitar. So Dear Doll was written with that guitar, and I have named that guitar Doll because I wrote Dear Doll with it. And then I Feel Okay Today happened in September. I just left therapy, and I was on the train home, and the melody popped in my head, and I'm like, oh, I feel really good today. Let's write a song. And so I did. And so basically all of I Feel Okay Today happened like within two or three train stops. All of that happened in my head. And then I went home and I wrote the chords out to it. Um, I get inspired a lot on the train. So it's always like when I'm nowhere near my insurance that all these ideas pop in my head. And I'm like, you couldn't do this like four hours ago. <laughs> you know, 
when I had ample access to my guitar and time to process. No, no. On the way to work, I'm writing an album in my head. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Very helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was not it was not at all planned. Um, I kind of retroactively put it in the self-diagnosis universe because I thought it was a good period piece for how I'm feeling right now. And at the end of 2022, compared to where I was in the beginning of 2022, there's a stark difference. There's a lot that's happened and a lot that I feel like I've grown from. So not at all planned, but it works really well. Someone did um, a review on it and said that like self-diagnosis to self-care was like this huge metamorphosis and they could see how I've changed, not just musically, but just in terms of my lyricism. I'm just like, wow, like you found so much more in this than I really intended for it. But it was it was such a beautiful like review breakdown. I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Like I, I was touched. I was like, oh, my God, you find this much meaning in just like some songs that I'm writing, you know. Um, but I think that's like kind of the beauty of art, you know, like you can write something that just feels silly and someone else can be like, this describes exactly what I'm feeling, you know, like people really gravitated towards Dear Doll and I thought Dear Doll was the weakest one in self-care. Like I was for sure expecting people to really dig I Feel Okay, really dig Off Grid and then maybe tag along Dear Doll just because it's there. But I had a lot of people that were just like, Dear Doll is one of your best songs. I'm like, is it? Like, is it really? I That that blew me away. I'm like, all right, cool, thanks. Like, that was not expected. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, it was not planned at all. But it, it does work really well within the theme. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing that you've talked a little bit about is kind of writing down um, your thoughts and your emotions, kind of working through this and using music as sort of a form of uh, self-care. <laughs> How did you find that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, You're right. <laughs> you're not wrong. That's what it's that called. And that's the EP. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess art has always been therapeutic for me. Um I've like, you know, to not get super candid about it, but I've struggled with depression for most of my life. Um, so I fa I used to write a lot. I used to be a big, big writer, really big into poetry, especially high school. Um, poetry evolved into spoken word, which I still do a lot of spoken word, but the spoken word kind of lends itself to songwriting. Like, um, the morning song off of self-diagnosis was just a spoken word piece that I turned into a song. Um, so, and honestly, I think the morning song, I think, has some of my best lyricism, personally. I think the metaphors and the framing and the, the phrasing on that song, there was a lot that went into it, and I like playing that song live because the lyrics just kind of flow for me. Um, but I started just writing. I was a story writer. I was a poet. I was a spoken word writer. And as I started to learn more instruments, it kind of lent itself to music and like writing songs. So I really pride myself on lyricism because a lot of my songs start as lyrics 
and start as concepts and then I write from a place of like this concept or write from a place of this feeling and then sometimes the music will just kind of follow along yeah but I've, I've always used art as like a creative kind of therapy so yeah <laughs> now you put like a lot of that into your music obviously and you said in the past year you've been able to play a lot more like live shows how does that feel to kind of have that vulnerability out there on stage with a crowd of people? Yeah, um, it's a lot, but playing live shows is one of the best feelings ever. Um, I specifically try to book a lot of live shows because it's just a different experience. I feel the most confident on stage, um... I feel the most myself when I'm performing. And sure, that vulnerability can really hit, um, no doubt, because a lot of the stuff that I'm singing is stuff that I'm feeling. Um, so there have been a couple of shows that I've actually cried because the songs just hit different that day. Um, I have one song that's not out yet called The Letters You Wrote, and it's about a situation I had at home and it was really distressing for me. Um, and I've like cried after playing that song live um, because it's such a release. Um, especially like the last part of that song, there's, um, <clears throat> there's a part that I get really emotional playing it and I got emotional writing it. But there's a, there's a, there's a part at the end of Letters where I'm just like screaming, like full, like not even like, technically like just like screaming like into a microphone like absolutely just yelling um because I'm just like letting out everything the whole song is very soft very like gentle clean tones and then when it's time I hit the bridge I just kick the distortion on and just start wailing on the guitar and it's like such a huge release live when I get into the studio I'm probably gonna cry a bunch um recording that one but the songs, like, the emotions definitely hit, and the vulnerability, I hope, still gets through it. I've had some people talk to me, they're just like, hey, I heard the lyrics in your song, and I want you to know that it's going to be okay. And, you know, not everyone in your life is meant to be there forever. And, like, you know, stuff like that really, it's touching. Um, and it's also just like, I like that I can reach out to people through that, you know. I like kind of bearing it all on stage, and it's just like... Yeah, it's scary as hell, <laughs> but it's also, like, people connect when you're being, like, that raw with them, you know, and I think that's really beautiful, and I think it gives my art meaning, because I don't want to write songs about things that don't matter, things that I'm not passionate about, that just, I don't have that energy to create if I'm not passionate about what I'm writing about, you know, um, but yeah, playing live and letting all that loose is a lot sometimes, but it's, it's powerful. And I think there's power in emotion and there's power in vulnerability. And I like to play into that. Yeah. Well, um, we know that you have a few more shows coming up, um, later on in the year. Uh, and you just told us you have a, another song that you've been working on. I have an album uh, that I'm working on, actually. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, you beat me to the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell, us, tell, us, uh, tell us what you can about that okay. when we can start to expect to hear some things. Yes. 
anything you are willing to share about all of what's next for you. Yeah. Um, so the album is called The Cons of Being a Wallflower. Um, I've had this album written for about a year. Um, I've been performing these songs for about a year. Um, not all of them, some of them. And some of them are still tweaking and adjusting. But the songs have been written. The album is done as far as like the concepts and the, the, written, the writing of it. Um, the biggest hurdle is just I am trying to put together money for studio time. Because I do all of my recording in my basement with two SM57 microphones, which is a lot. And it's it's a huge commitment, especially for an album. So it's like I have to like cut out time to record, and it's not always easy to do that. So the album's taken a long time because of that. But I want to do a proper studio setup, invite my live band to play on the album with me. So that's the main hurdle. But I have plans to start early 2023. Um, there will be two singles off the album that will be released, one called Liar, one called People Pleaser, and then the rest of the album, you'll just have to wait until it's done. Um, but yeah, the, the, the album is about fighting social anxiety. That's kind of like a main theme there, and it's something that I've been really trying to figure out. Um, cause it's hard cause in a post quarantine world, it's scary. And then it's scary with this added layer of reinventing yourself in real time, you know? Um, so it's, it, there's a lot of big heady concepts in it, but all the songs are fun and I, I love it. You know, I found so much community and I think that lends itself to the album. Like I said, everything is a collaborative effort. So Working with people in self-care is going to influence how I think about the album. I'm not going to be thinking of it as just like a one-person show. It's not just going to be me in a room figuring it all out and send it off to someone who's talented to mix it, you know? It's going to be me working with people and being like, hey, do you think this is good? Should I adjust it? Should I tweak it? You know? Um, and being open-minded to that, because that's something I was never open-minded to. I was never open-minded to collaborating for a while. Because, like I said, my, my music is very personal to me, so any time it was a collaborative effort, I would get defensive, and I would get offended, and be like, well, what are you saying about my work? And it's, just, it's not like you're hating the work, it's about trying to make it better, you know. So, that's a very long way of saying the album is in the process right now. Um, I've had the album cover done <laughs> for a very long time. It's a photocopy of some dead flowers. I don't know if you know, you can take like high quality pictures with a printer scanner. So that's what I did for the album. I had some dead flowers, some dead carnations, and I photocopied them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did it wrong. So I blacked out the entire like basement. <laughs> So some parts of the album cover are like super high quality, and some of them are just like wonky and blurry, and it's just because I don't know how to photocopy pictures right. But I did it, and it's a cool aesthetic. So um, yeah, that's that's the album. Cons of being a wallflower. So when I start setting flowers on fire and putting on social media, you'll be like, okay, the album's done. Uh, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, definitely excited. That's awesome. To, uh, to hear some of that yeah. and, and see that, honestly, 
I got, I got interesting I got cool ideas but, for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely excited to to get to hear what you got coming next. Yeah. Um, excited for you to play some more live shows. Yes. Um, Sydney, do you have any other questions? So where can we find and follow you online and listen to all of your music? Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. So I've joined all of the potential Twitter alternatives. So I'm on Hive. I'm on Mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if that if that pops off in the next year or so. Um, <laughs> you can you can find me stably on Instagram. Um, Eviechos, E-E-V-I-E-E-C-H-O-E-S. Um, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, if you use Deezer. Uh, don't go on my SoundCloud, because there's old demos <laughs> that sound like horseshit. <laughs> so don't go on my SoundCloud. But any streaming site, I'm there. Um, yeah, my Instagram is the best place to find me now. So, yeah. Cool. Well, once again, EV Echoes, uh, thank you so much for being on with us today. It's yeah. been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me. It's been really awesome. Thank you so much for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured on an episode of Little Known Tracks, you can send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LKTPod for all of our updates and occasionally giveaways and such. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you.